Hola amiga, welcome to the Amiga Arise podcast. I'm Priscilla Gomez, your host and hopefully an amiga for a journey of learning, growing, and thriving. I'm a licensed clinical therapist with a trauma history of my own, but I was transformed by the call that God has placed on my life. And I'm here to share how the clinical world taught me how to begin my healing process, but ultimately only God was able to heal the darkest areas of my past. Amiga, I know you are smart, driven, successful, and ambitious, but yet there seems to be something missing. You might be wondering why peace and joy are lacking in your life. Amiga, welcome. I can bet you have walked through some dark paths yourself, and maybe you're wondering if God is even real or why suffering exists or what your true purpose is here on earth. Amiga, I hear you. But if you're ready to take a deeper look, find freedom, and step into flourishing God's way, I'm here to lend a helping hand as you step into your healing and your faith-filled life. So open up that journal, pop in those AirPods, and take a deep breath. We're about to embark on a beautiful journey of arising to your true self. Hola amiga, welcome again. It is launch day for Amiga Arise, my first episode, and I'm so excited you're here. If you are a friend of mine or been following me on social media, you know that it's my birthday. I'm launching on my birthday. It is quite an experience for me to say the least. This is not something I expected to do, was not even on my radar for a dream of mine, but we're here and I'm just so excited you're here with me. And if you're a friend of mine that's been in my life in these last couple of years and experienced things firsthand with me, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for everything, for tuning in, for being a supporter, for sharing this podcast. I'm just so eternally grateful. And for my new friends and amigas on this new journey with me, welcome. I'm so excited you're here. I can't wait to hear more about you and how this podcast may be igniting some things for you. That is my dream, hope, and prayer for you that um, my story is to serve those who need to hear it, that there's something here for you. So I take a deep breath because please know that sharing my story this publicly is something I don't take lightly. It took me a while to get here to this place of yes, yes to this podcast, yes to God, yes to everything else God is calling out of me. And I hope that as you get to know me and as you tune in and listen in, that you get to hear the authenticity behind my story and who I am and what I've become and how I'm becoming more and more um, a person of a faith and a follower of Jesus. And I know that's a lot to say right at the get-go, but that is who I am. And I'm by no means trying to force religion or um, an ideology down anyone's throat. That is not what I'm here to do, but I am here to share how God really changed and transformed my life and why I'm sharing this story publicly. Again, thank you, and I'm excited you're here on this journey with me. So, if you're ready, friends, I'm gonna go into the depths of my journey and my story before getting here. So if you allow me, I'd like to take you into my past so that you can really understand my present and see the hopeful future that I'm founded in now. And I will be disclosing some of my trauma history, nothing too triggering, but If you are sensitive to other people's pain, I do advise that you listen to your body, 
take pauses if you need it, take deep breaths, and reach out for some extra support, whether that may be me or a friend, a spouse, a therapist. A therapist would be a great person to reach out to if this episode or this podcast for some reason is too triggering for you. This podcast is never intended to be a therapeutic intervention or a replacement of therapy. It's in it's intended to be an informational and educational resource in hopes that it directs you on your own faith and healing journey. With that, let me take you down a quick voyage on my childhood to explain how I ended up becoming a licensed clinical social worker, a therapist, and you know, essentially a helper in, in life and, and how I got to this place of this podcast. I am the firstborn of four children to two incredible parents. Um, hi, mom and dad, if you're tuning in. My mom immigrated from the US uh, here from Mexico when she was about 26 in the 80s. And my father is about a third, fourth, I don't know, maybe fifth generation Mexican-American, born in New Mexico and raised in the Southwest, the 50s and 60s. I disclose this because my father's lineage isn't um, as clear as my mother's. And growing up here in the 50s and 60s, especially in the Southwest, was um, quite traumatic for people of color and a Mexican-American like my father and his family. So both sides of my family, my father's and my mother's, were raised in some pretty strict Catholic households and they each endured a loo of traumatic upbringings from living in property to losing a parent at a very young age to losing siblings to enduring the rod iron when it came to punishment. Literally, the stories I hear are quite terrifying to me, but it was the norm for them. And a long history of alcohol and substance abuse on both sides. Now, why am I airing out, quote unquote, my parents' dirty laundry? One might question or think, right? But this is their story and their history brings context to mine. And by no means do I blame my parents for the hardships and the traumas that I endured as a child, but I have a deeper and more empathetic understanding of their own lives. And then that gave me more empathy for mine and my experiences. Once I learned and came to the, to the notion that my parents did the best they could with what they had, I became eternally grateful for all that my parents were able to give me rather than focusing on what they couldn't. Friends, I can literally cry reflecting on the beauty of my upbringing. I grew up in a pretty traditional Mexican-American household, speaking both English and Spanish simultaneously because remember, my mom's from Mexico, my dad was born here. So my dad's native language is English. He knew some Spanish, but my mom's native language is Spanish. So they both helped each other out along the way and Spanglish best describes my first language and bocha is an identity I grew to love about myself for those of you who know what bocha means it means you're a Mexican American so born here in the U.S. 
you may know some Spanish, you may not know some Spanish, but it's an identity that Mexicans from Mexico give to Mexican Americans. Um, we stick out like a sore thumb uh, anywhere we go, especially if we're in Mexico. Um, I by no means call myself a full Mexican, right? I wasn't born or raised there. Um, but that's just something I've known about myself, knowing that I was growing up in a rich culture and traditions of Mexico, but also embracing the cultural norms of what it means to be American. I am truly bicultural and bilingual, and it's something that I'm very proud of and, and love about my upbringing. But to take it back a little bit to my parents' religious and faith backgrounds so to understand a little bit about mine, they were both and continue to be strong faith-filled uh, people and they both stepped away from the traditional Catholic practices and they wanted to give us, their children, an opportunity to chase after our own journey um, with, with Jesus or they just wanted to open up that door for us. Hence, they didn't baptize any of us at birth, which is pretty traditional for Catholics. But we did attend Mass, and every Sunday or most Sundays growing up, um, celebrated all the major Christian holidays, Christmas, Palm Sunday, Easter. And my parents took the extra step of enrolling me in catechism. And for those of you who don't know, that's just like, I don't know, Sunday school, Sunday church school. Um, but we would go a couple days a week, and it was to really understand more about Jesus and our faith and just why we're celebrating the big holidays. And essentially you would take catechism as a stepping stone when you're ready to do your first communion, which means you're able to partake in the sacrament of um, taking communion. For those of you who are not Christian or Catholic, meaning taking bread um, that resembled the body of Christ. So let me go a little bit further. And now I'll be disclosing a little bit more about my own trauma history. Uh, so take some deep breaths, take, take pauses if you need it. Again, it's not intended to be a trauma dump and it's not nothing too triggering, but again, it is intended to be trauma informed. And we'll discuss that term a little bit more in some further episodes. But let me get back into my story. At a very young age, I really began to understand the meaning of true forgiveness and catechism was a place of respite really and understanding what was happening to me at a young age. Unfortunately, friends, at the age somewhere between five and seven, maybe even eight, I was uh, sexually violated and I don't really remember the, the details and the age and that's... Um, intentional on our behalfs of our brains. They do different things for different people to protect us during the times of some pretty um, horrific traumas. So again, we'll get more into the details about learning about trauma experiences and how our brain copes with those things, but I'm sharing this part of my story to depict how at a young age I really had to make amends with the wrong of this world and the brokenness. Uh, my parents were not aware and I didn't even share this experience with them until recently. And that's a whole nother episode to come. It, it will, <laughs> not all the details, but um, how I got to that place of sharing with my parents now at 
age uh, 32, I think, is when I told them, really is founded on my my faith and grace journey with God and with Jesus and just finally coming to a place of surrender and letting it go. To get back to my faith journey, at six or seven during that time, I was already attending church and catechism and I accepted Jesus into my life at that age because I knew I needed him to stay grounded and to survive this period of my life that was terrifying and confusing and you know I thought I was alone but I asked Jesus to take over and and help me with forgiving this person and also forgiving myself because at that young age I really began to believe that I had played into it and I had chosen this to happen to me which of course is not the case and it's very convoluted and sexual abuse and assault is just so complex for and different for people so I again I'm sharing this not to hopefully overwhelm you but just to get a sense of what a six-year-old, seven-year-old is already going through in their cognitive understanding of the reality that they're in. And also, if someone's out there listening and you're having some similar experiences or had similar experiences, I just want to let you know you, you're not alone and you never have been and you never have to be. Um, sharing this journey with friends and loved ones um, has become part of my healing journey. So I just hope that you're able to to tune in, listen, and see how God moved in my life and how he's moving in yours and how he's um, redeeming all that pain for purpose in your life as well. Again, just to get back to it, my hope is also that we can understand that when we don't attend to those very delicate and uh, traumatic experiences in youth, they really show up in your adolescence and adulthood. And that's my story. That's the story I I really want to share with you all um, in hopes of encouraging you or a loved one for some true intervention early on, whether that's with clinical support, but really with some faith-filled strong people that are able to to pray alongside with you as well the clinical world by clinical i mean mental health field clinicians mental health therapists all of them are out there trying to do excellent work and i believe that they are but there's nothing like combining that with a person of faith who is interceding for you on a spiritual realm but Again, I'm getting ahead of myself. I get so excited about the healing process and um, the spiritual aspect of how God is just moving and working in it all. But again, let me get back to who I was as a child. You know, I was a very cheerful, outgoing, extroverted child before this experience. And after this experience, I made a complete 180 became shy, quiet, introverted, suspicious of every new environment. And friends, it really pains me to this day that I can see that switch and that flip and that someone else's illness 
and someone else's pain brought that on to me. Now, I am not excusing the behavior of this person that perpetrated this abuse on me, but I also know that this person had or has pain of their own, and I don't know if they've owned up to it or, you know, I don't know, but I don't know what they're going through, gone through, and how God's working in their life. Again, I'm not excusing their behavior. I'm merely trying to explain perhaps how this person got to this place. And, you know, oddly, I kind of had this self-awareness at in childhood. I remember crying myself to sleep at nights, um, asking God, why why did this happen to me? And I began to hear very clearly at that age. And God was explaining to me like that this person was harming me only because they were that damaged and hurt themselves, right? And God was really asking me to forgive, to come to forgiveness, not to ignore, not to forget. Again, I can explain a little bit more the difference between forgiveness and forgetting, forgiveness and ignoring. Ignoring and forgetting only brings more pain and sometimes more trauma because you're avoiding the real pain that resides at the moment. But I was a child, somewhere between the ages of five and eight. So of course, I don't know all of this. I'm trying to just survive and keep a happy face and follow the rules and do do right by my parents and still, you know, I had siblings. I wanted to enjoy all of that. I This is something I didn't want to think about or talk about or disclose. I remember vividly making a decision at that young age. That's not something I was going to share with my parents and some maybe ever, right? Maybe I thought maybe one day as God was telling me that I would be using this pain later in life to share and to, in hopes of um, helping and supporting other young girls who had gone through similar experiences. So if I'm being honest, when I was taking a look at becoming a therapist, this was a huge reason why I even went into it because I understood children lash out in different ways. I became quiet, shy, introverted, and didn't want to bring a lot of attention to myself. Doesn't sound like lashing out, but my character definitely changed after this experience. And academically, I also wasn't doing very well during that time. I say elementary was the hardest time for me academically. That's still to this day the hardest academic years of my life. Now, some of you may be giggling, smiling at this story, but it's true. First through fifth grade, my goodness, what a challenge, English especially. Now I can understand that my brain was just not functioning at its highest optimal uh, place of functioning because I was trying to survive this traumatic um, experience. Although the experience had stopped, my brain was, was still trying to to deal with that remembrance, remembering of, right? Again, at all of this, just to explain a little bit about my story, give context to who I am and how I became this person and how and how I endured life during this time and how it just, my trauma just presented itself. Again, for me to say that I was hearing from God at this young age, 
may sound bizarre to some of you, may sound like second nature if you're born and raised in faith. I just know that that's something that grounded me. And as I continued through my studies in catechism and going to church, I just felt so much peace when I was around God and learning about God. So I, it's the only way I can explain that I, I truly believe that God was speaking to me at that time. And thankfully, like I said, my molestation was short-lived and I really thought I had forgiven and come to a place of forgiveness. But as I will share later, really understanding the difference between forgiveness and pretending (laughs) to forgive and quote unquote, pretending to forget, which doesn't happen. By the age of 11, I had asked my parents to, if I could get baptized at our local church because I was ready to take communion. I really wanted to take my faith journey seriously and my devotion and to God. Um, and my parents obviously accepted and were very glad to take part in this. So I took part in the Holy Sacraments at our local Catholic church, um, got baptized and then my first communion so I can do communion at church. And I just felt so convicted to to live a life, you know, dedicated to God and just feel, I felt so at peace during that time. But unfortunately, that was short-lived as well. Again, knowing that I was a child and not having that daily understanding of who God was. I had a very childlike understanding of, of God. And so by the, by seventh or eighth grade, I could, again, you know, within a year or two of my baptism, already start to see how I was going to take a sharp left turn, you know, away from the right direction. And I was already seeking unhealthy attention from boys. I didn't have my first kiss until I was in high school, but the lack of real attention to my childhood trauma really began to play out here in middle school and high school. Although I had already given my life to God and I felt like I had this strong sense of faith, what I lacked was some foundation here um, and true intervention because of the trauma that I had experienced, right? And again, I'm sharing this to say how this can plague young minds so early and have the long-term effects later in life if not intervene properly. So... Of course, I didn't understand any of these complexities then, but I understand them now. What I do know is that I was craving some sort of attention to fill the void that I was filling inside. The dysfunction of my thought process only progressed more as I continued, like I said, in high school, college, young adult life, surely my 20s. Oof. My 20s, a whole nother story. (laughs) But the true destruction and invasion into my soul and my spirit came with the introduction of alcohol around the age 14, 15. I quickly learned that alcohol helped me to numb those intense thoughts and feelings that I was experiencing on a daily, all day long, which I now know is called anxiety. (laughs) I'm sure some of you have heard of it at this point, right? But Anxiety is not something that was talked about a lot even 20 years ago. So this is, you know, a a new term for my knowledge when I started to learn about it. 
But here's where my story starts to get complicated. You know, I was a very respectable, agreeable, kind teenager. I was studious, ambitious, highly determined to make some big strides in my academic achievements. Because I saw the hard work that my parents poured into raising a family and the sacrifices that that they made, um, such as putting aside their own educational achievements, and they supported and encouraged our our own dreams and and hopes and you know encouraged us to to do the best that we could whatever we set our minds to so i explained this pretty picture of myself because that's exactly what someone who knew me at that age especially in high school and college it was a pretty perfect picture of what a young teenage girl should be doing you know staying out of trouble not getting too much attention from boys getting great excellent grades you know i was college bound and on this route to a successful life ahead what people and adults didn't know or see was the amount of alcohol i was drinking on the weekends allowing the desires of my hormones to take over my body and living a double life and only my close friends and cousin cousins really knew the things i was experiencing on the weekends and what i hid from from my parents and from adults at that time. And I say this is complicated because I got really good (laughs) at hiding, pretending, ignoring the real pain that was residing inside. And academic performance and achievement became the perfect coping skill for the uncontrollable mess I felt inside and a perfect recipe for me to continue this cycle for at least another decade, as I mentioned, And in future episodes, we'll go back to breaking down those repetitive patterns. Um, We all do, not all to the same degree as me, but we all have these um, unhealthy coping skills. And I'll teach you a little bit about a theory that I learned about through my studies, restoration therapy. And it really breaks down how when we're in pain, we really were like a broken record. We repeat this broken cycle of pain over and over and over, but also teaching you how to come to a place of peace. Um, And we can also um, teach our brains how to have these repetitive cycles in a peace cycle, in a place of healing, in a place of restoration and hope. So just as we are able to repeat unhealthy patterns, we're very capable of repeating healthy patterns. From a therapeutic perspective and even from a spiritual perspective, there is hope in that as well. So uh, my relationship with God was most definitely less and less visible during this time. I prayed and talked to God on a daily Um, And I know now that God was allowing me to have free will, right? And choose what I thought was best for me. But I was a lost soul, edging closer and closer to that side of a cliff that, you know, there's bound to be a a huge downfall. And well, there was, but let me continue, (laughs) right? So that you can understand a little bit more. You're like, Priscilla, where, where is this going? This sounds like, you know, a long list of doom and gloom and that's not the case that's not what i'm trying to do here just give you a further understanding of again how i ended up in this helping profession um and even through that i was still struggling finding my own peace and place in life and ultimately how it took divine intervention for me to really find this peace and healing that i've been talking about so so let me take you quickly um into my college experience it was another significant marker and, I, and a true diversion from my um, true identity. 
I was grateful and so blessed to have been admitted into this top UC here in California. And I took a lot of pride in this achievement. It, it took a lot of hard work to get there, but um, not paying attention to that turmoil that I had residing in me um, since childhood and was really building up in, in middle school and high school um, was again like stepping into a landfill with more traumatic explosives just waiting to go off. And here at college is where I experienced more sexual assault, more alcohol abuse, more hiding and perfecting the performance I had it all together. While simultaneously crying myself to bed once again, knowing God was asking me to change my my ways. Um, And at the very least asking me to to look at my alcohol consumptions and I can even pull out an entry journal when I had just turned 18 to show you that um, conviction I had but I wasn't ready to admit that maybe alcohol was part of a problem here I was raised by a recovering alcoholic father that I had never once take a sip of alcohol in in my lifetime so for me to admit that I was develop developing some sort of dependency on a substance that my father had fought long and hard so that it would no longer consume him, I just felt utter shame and guilt. This I know is not from God, but him asking me to let go of alcohol sure was. I just wasn't ready for it. And thankfully, God puts and places people in your life, even if they're for a short while and even if they don't become your best friends. Um, a floor mate of mine who was Catholic and she must have seen the pain in my face and she invited me to to go to mass with her every Sunday and I was all for it like yes I needed that revival of who God was and I attended most Sundays um, for like a year and a half and felt God's presence there but the chaos in my life was grappling with you know the very current trauma that I had just experienced in my past and me learning more about the world and the horrific traumas that um, the people of America had right the native peoples of America so I really began to question God's existence at the same time why had people used God's name to murder and torment these people you know native people of America and why was there so much pain and agony in the world? Where was God in all this? I was really, you know, distraught by it all. And um, I was confused and lost. And the God I knew that I had learned about in childhood, I, I know he loved all people and that he loved me and accepted me with my flaws. But I also know he wanted to correct my path. And I just didn't know where to begin. And if I'm being honest, doing things my own way also seemed far more fun. I got to do what I wanted when I wanted, but oh how I did not see the long-term consequences of my actions. And like I said, I lived in this turmoil for over a decade, drinking too much, seeking the attention of undeserving men, giving my body out of pure anger and frustration with the circumstances of my sexual abuse, and needed and continue to perpetuate these cycles of disappointment. I set myself up for disappointment a lot. 
And in the midst of this internal pain and agony, I also lived a colorful life. So this is where I myself confused myself. I expressed my gratitude for my friendships and my family that grounded me and humbled me um, at that time. I sought a career to help communities with less access to resources as I learned more about different um, community traumatic experiences in low-income areas, and I became more aware of my own traumas and hardships and the effects they had on my brain and body, as I explained um, earlier, how learning became so hard for me in elementary. Um, and it was really when I read the book, The Boy Who Was Raised as a Dog by Dr. Bruce Perry. And if you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. It literally blew my mind. It's an anthology of different case studies with different um, and extreme exposures to trauma at a young age and the outcomes slash side effects that they have on people's brains, bodies and behaviors. And it really sparked a passion in me to continue that educational pursuit. And, um, and understanding um, trauma and how to heal from it. So this book really spoke volumes to me and it, and it began to give some explanation to my own behavior. And I was like, oh, that's why I seek these things or why I do these things, right? But I wanted to learn more. And that's when I embarked on my journey of going after my master's in social work. Um, never really with the idea that I would be a therapist, for a long time or that I wanted to be a therapist, but that's exactly what ended up happening. I I knew I wanted to help others um, and be, be a partner in their healing journey because I knew how hard it was for me and especially for children. So I wanted to help parents understand that there could be something else going on, whether or not it was sexual abuse, right? Not every child goes through that, but that there's something... To, to be said about children feeling like they need to hide something, that they're not able to fully disclose the inner pains of their hearts. Um, and so that was the true reason behind me really engaging in this kind of work. And at the time, I had been in and out of therapy since college um, during that um, sexual assault. But to be honest, I really wasn't ready to take full part in my healing until the pandemic hit and so and we all know what 2020 march 2020 brought and we've all experienced it but my world truly did come crashing down and without anywhere to hide and living with my parents at the time and a younger sister all in one roof and all of us with unhealthy coping skills when it came to high stress and fear which was our pandemic right high stress and a lot of fear the emotional turmoil that was bubbling beneath all these years was, now that was a ticking time bomb. And oh boy, did it go off in our household. Now, I'm not going to get into the details of all my family's distress during that time. But I, as I'm sure you can all relate, what I am going to share and how I'm going to end this episode today is how I finally came to to the terms like, I've had enough. I've had enough with this lifestyle, enough with the alcohol, enough with the brokenness and this aching heart that I was living with. And I finally said yes, yes to believing everything God had told me when I was a kid and yes to everything Jesus came down to earth to say. 
the hopeful notion that I want to share with you all, um, friends, if you're still with me, if you've made it this far on this episode, is that all it took was a friend. A friend to, to say, hey, do you want to come to church with me online? <laughs> That's what it took. And she knows who she is. Um, my dear friend, Brittany, who also is a podcaster, and I would love to have her on in a future episode. And But I, I digress. All it took was an invitation. And that's what that's what God does. He he opens a door and invites you in. And it's our responsibility to to walk through it when and if we're ready, right? I say if because some people don't ever walk through those doors and and it breaks my heart to say that. But it's true. Some of us take this pain with us till the day, you know, our last taking breath. Um, That's not my hope or my dream for any of you all. It's definitely not for myself. But I say this again to give light to what God is really trying to do in in our hearts and in our world. It's, It's an invitation to walk into healing with him. And I began to watch church online from the comfort of my home and then have these kind of group discussions with people right after church and so I'm so grateful for the church that I'm I'm currently part of still um, the movement church in Orange County um, woo woo to all my fellow <laughs> sisters in Christ that may be listening right now and you know just the the community that rallied around me to get to this place my family and my friends, of course, were also an intricate part of this healing process for me. But I, I share all this to let you know that once I finally said yes to letting go of that pain and that trauma and that agony that I kind of held really dear um, and, you know, to my heart because I was like, ah, oh, this is mine. Like, no one understands me and, and I, you know, this is how I'm surviving and again, it makes no sense. And (laughs) as a therapist and, you know, as a professional in this field, I understood logically the bizarreness of this broken record I was living and this broken cycle and these unhealthy cycles. But it wasn't until I allowed Jesus into my life that I said, okay, what can I do, God, from this point forward? How do I let go of this? And so I'll leave you with that. The next few episodes will be about my my surrender, my place of yes to God, and how my journey continues to unfold. But I hope that today's episode gave you a little insight about who I am and who I was and how all of this came to unfold. And ultimately, this is how I'm at this place of saying, yes, I'm ready to share this story with the world again not the world, whoever's tuning in, but I no longer hold hostage that story of pain of mine. It's not It's not mine. It, it was never for me to carry. God never gave me this pain. God never asked me to live in this place of agony. So I've let it go. And I can sincerely say this out loud and, and talk about it without breaking down in tears and overwhelm because it's no longer part of me. In, in, in that way. It will always live in my past and in my experience, but now to serve a greater purpose, for those of you who know me, it's to, to point more people to the direction of God and to Jesus and to say, hey, I have some skill sets and God 
walked me through this journey after my pain to say, hey, look, there's this whole realm of healing and helping people. I think you'd be really great at it. And I, I do believe I am. And I've become equipped with some things to help the healing journey. But now I, I, I am and I'm partnering with God in, in healing. I hope this gives you a little insight to who I am and what this podcast is going to be about. Not every episode will be about me and my story, but it will share little snippets of, of me and how I got here and how I want to help others. So if you continue to tune in, um, you'll learn a little bit more about the pain and peace cycle that I was talking about. I will have some guests on in the future, and I just hope that we get to learn and grow together. So thank you, friend. Gracias, amiga, for tuning in. Some days I'll turn I'll I'll put in some Spanish <laughs> words here and there. Um most comfortable in English. So for the most part, all of this will be in English. So until next time, friends, I'm so excited to be alongside Journey with you all. Amiga, that's a wrap for today. I pray this episode has blessed you in some way, brought you some clarity, or inspired you to take your next step in faith and healing. If this podcast has blessed you in any way, I would love to hear about it. And the best way to thank me is by leaving me a review and a comment on Apple Podcasts. You can also screenshot this episode and post me and tag me at Amiga Arise. I would love to connect with you and be on this journey with you. You can also join my Facebook group and meet other women on the same journey. So until next time, I'll be praying with you, Amiga. Arise and shine daily. And may we pray, move, and grow together. God bless.